You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. I know you can do better than what we've been doing today. I'm going to be honest with you, this is pathetic. How many of you are really hungry for God? You want God with everything you've got in you. Let me see your hand. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You couldn't tell it by the way we were worshiping today. I'm just going to talk to you. How would listen to me? Listen, listen to Pastor. That that baby's not going to. She's going to just squawk and squeak. So let her go. And you just listen to me. Amen. Babies, that's what babies do. But how hungry are we? Have we been with God through the week? We're expecting great. You know, we expect God to do for us. Come on, it's good. But what about us doing for Him? Yeah. Everything, all week long, we've just been distracted into everything. New Year. The missionary that I was reading about was talking about signs and wonders and miracles that were happening. And you know, and I found this to be true when I was in the Philippines. Amen? I'm going to pick on you. Stand up. Lucas, Marcus, come here. Stand up. I can pick on you. They have, they have what they call uh, teams. They have all kind of teaching before um, they go out and how, you know, how to, uh, to minister to the people and everything else. A very good, I mean, very good. The, the, the teaching is awesome. They go come in three days before they even have the crusade and they just teach the ministers and teach the people. But when the service starts, I mean, they're walking to church. They're coming from, and, and, and the place is just packed. And they come in, and the first song, they're on their feet. They're jumping, they're worshiping, they're praising God. I witnessed this in the Philippines. <clears throat> I mean, when you gave an altar call, you didn't have to beg. Like we said this morning, let's all come down front. Three or four came down. You know what that points to me? You're not hungry. You're not hungry. I know this isn't going to make, make me be popular. But you're not hungry. You know what? If you were hungry, you'd be out of your seat down here worshiping, praising. We couldn't stop you. And that's what happened to them. Then they preached. And you know what was happening? about miracles and healing they were going they were pulling on the people they were pulling and they're saying they were taking the it was taking <clears throat> taking and, and gra- grabbing onto grab onto me they was pulling on the thing just pull now now that's not not hungry pull i mean pull on me this is what they were doing pulling on me and then they was taking his hand and say you got a sore knee so take my hand take my hand these are the people wanted healing push it down there 
Just push it. Just push it hard. And that's what they were doing. And then there was another one grabbing him over here. Had a sore ankle and healing ankle. So it was pushing him down here. Here was the minister trying to heal. And they were all over him. They wanted him. And what were they doing? They were getting healed. Because of the hunger factor. We in America have too much. And we come to... You know, those people walk for miles. They don't have a thank you. Thank you. They don't have it easy. They don't come in cars. I'm serious. How hungry are we? How much do we want to meet, really meet God? How much do you know? You want to know God. Oh, I'm saved. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Have you? Did you say the sinner's prayer? Yeah. And so we rely on that. Oh, I said the sinner's prayer 10 years ago, 5 years ago. You know, I'm all set. I'm a Christian. But how hungry are you for Jesus? I want to read you something. I wasn't going to preach today, but saints. How many want revival? How many want to move of God? I want to read you something. We're talking about worthy. I want to tell you something else. You know, before I read this, you can have a big banqueting table down here. I mean, filled with all kinds of filet mignon, pizza, um, your special pizza that you got, you, know, you always want, um, you name it. What, what would you say would be on a banqueting table that you would like to see on there? Honestly, vegetables. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. Now, see, you can name that. But what if we put out here and said, there's love on, on, on this table. There's peace. Banqueting table, come. There's joy. There's happiness. And just come. And the way you get it to this table is to lift your hands and come down and lift your hands and start worshiping and praising God. How many of us would come? But if you weren't hungry and all that stuff was on there, you know what you'd do? You'd go along and you'd look at it. You'd say, oh, this, 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 this is pretty good. Let me see. No one's looking, so I'm going to take a taste. Mm, that's, that's pretty good, yeah. But you're full. You're full of everything else but hunger for the food. So you go down through here and you just nibble. And a lot of times we come to church and all we do is nibble. But we want healing. We want deliverance. We want happiness. We want joy. We, but we don't want and aren't hungry enough to go after it. If we were hungry, we couldn't wait for the service to start. The first time Deanna and, and the worship team strikes a note, you'd be on your feet, hands in the air, just worshiping God. You say, well, I don't worship that way below me. Everybody that hungers worships that way.
because they're hungry. When you're hungry, manners don't even count. You don't even care whether you have got a napkin. What you're going to do is you're going to wipe it on your face, pants or wherever, your shirt or something, and just reach down and grab more because you're hungry. You haven't eaten. You're hungry. You want God. You want everything there is about Him. He's worthy. I want to read you something. I think we forget this. It's in the Old Testament. I want to read you. Isaiah, I'm going to read you the whole chapter, and I want you to listen. And if you can, turn to it. This is why we worship him. I think we forget. I think we forget. And I know this isn't Easter, but it's appropriate for all the times. We don't want to get too emotional. Bradley was just coming to me. He was, he, he's on the basketball team. And his first time he's played. Come to me. And he met me in the hall. And the first thing he was talking about was basketball. He's hungry for it. He loves it. I said, did you make a, did you make a, did you make, did you make a basket? He goes, no. And then he, but he goes on and says, but I did this and I did that and I threw the ball here. And he was all excited. Because he's hungry and loves to play basketball. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if he goes at it enough, Brad, you're going to get a basket. You're going to get two baskets. You're going to get three baskets. You keep practicing at it, you're going to be one of those guys that can just hit the basket every time and it goes in. I want, I want God. But I really don't want to make, you know, I, oh, you know, I, I, I like church, but I don't want to get too emotional. I, I don't really want to get too, you know, too, you know, you know, I can take, you know, I'll go and maybe I'll lift my hand. Lifting your hand isn't a sign of spirituality. It's a sign of hunger. I want God. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what, it's, what it seems like. I don't care what anybody's told me about being quiet in church and all that stuff. I want God. I don't care. One lady used to come to church, and when she went through the sanctuary door, she just looked around. She said, God, don't let me hurt myself. In other words, she came to worship. And I want to tell you why we worship. Is it just emotional? Because it's emotional. You are emotional. Let me come down here and stomp on one of your feet. I can hear some few words. I hope they were nice words. But one would be, ow, you just stepped on my foot. And you wouldn't care around who heard it. Let me read. His name isn't mentioned, but it's implied. By the time we get through this, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a dry ground, out of dry ground. For he has, he, uh, he has no uh, f- form or comeliness. And when we see him, in other words, 
He's not really distinguishable. If he walked in here today, this person, you wouldn't really, he would just look like one of the guys. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire. There's nothing that makes him stand out as far as looking at him. He looks just like everybody else. But let's go on. Third verse. He is despised and rejected. That means forsaken. Now listen to what I'm reading here. This was a prophetic statement by the prophet Isaiah. By men. A man of sorrows. Pains. Have you figured out who this man is yet? And acquainted with sicknesses. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. He was despised and we didn't care. We were doing our own thing. Surely he has borne our grief, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, pains. We esteemed him smitten. We have esteemed him stricken, smitten. That means struck down by God. By God. And afflicted. That means pierced through. And he was wounded. He was crushed. This is Jesus. Have you found Jesus in this reading so far? Is he worthy of our praise? Who did he do all that for? me and I can't come and lose myself in him and get lost in his presence and worship him worship isn't necessary singing a song and just listen you know worship is getting into it and getting lost in the presence of God until you don't care what's around you you are totally enthralled with Jesus because of what he has done. He is worthy of our praise. We're, we're so, we Christians are so afraid to get emotional. But let you go to a basketball game or sit home on the, uh, on the TV. And this is, this is um, football season. And there's going to be five or six bowls that are going to be played. Some of them probably already have. And I can see some of you guys and some of you women sitting on the edge of your seat, your easy chair, and you're just saying, oh, and you get right involved and you don't care who is around. And some of you men could care less whether your wife cares about it or not. You are into the game. You are into the game. You can name every player on the teams, on both sides. You can name every move because you are just totally into the game. What about church? Oh, I go on Sunday. But are you engaged? Yeah, I, I help in the church. I'm not talking about working in the church. You can work in the church and not be totally engaged in Jesus. You can be faithful to every service and not engaged in Jesus. You can sing every song there is, but sing it half-heartedly. He's worthy. 
He's worthy of us opening our mouths, lifting up our hands, closing our eyes or looking up into his face and sing the song from the heart. Look at what it says. Uh, go back to the song. He is worthy. Everybody say he's worthy. We shouldn't have to pump and prime to get a worship song. Even if there's only three, we should be totally engaged. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Jesus doesn't stay away if there's only three. Jesus doesn't stay away if there's only one. And if you lift your hands up and begin to worship the Lord, you, you, I cannot describe the feeling of feeling the presence of God. I'm not it's not a little tingle. It's something that gets a hold of you. It's something that creates a thirst and a hunger, and you've got to have more. You've got to have more. You're not satisfied. That's why you keep coming back to church. That's why you keep praying. You don't pray because you want, you have to. You pray because you get to. You get into His presence. And then you get into His presence, you feel His presence, and then you begin to love and worship Him. And then He speaks to you. Let me read. He was bruised, pierced through for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. How many got that? The world does not have peace. There's nothing in the world that's going to satisfy us. Absolutely nothing. Last night, I imagine there was people that were just out of their mind. They were worshiping their God. And they do it well. And I'm not criticizing. If we would worship our God, as much as they worship theirs. I've heard people say, I'm going to go and I'm going to get, go, get out of my mind. What they mean, I'm going to get good and drunk and I'm going to have fun. They pack the thing to watch the ball come down in Times Square. It's Times Square. And they don't sit there and say, I wonder when it's going to get over. Well, I wonder when that ball is going to come down. Oh, my. Mm. I, I just can't wait. And then the singers come on. And they sit there and say, well, yeah, okay, I know so-and-so. They say, yeah, that, oh, that was, that, was, that was a good song. What, what, are they, what are they doing? They're loud. It's loud. If you were there, you could not hardly hear yourself. Isn't it amazing how people will tell you you can't get loud in church and you've got to be quiet? Why? Because the devil doesn't want you praising God and the devil doesn't want you happy and the devil doesn't want you to get to the place where you understand his worthiness and his greatness. He wants to make Jesus as small in your life as he can and just a, as a little, a little blip on Sunday and then it's all over and you go out and do your thing. Honey, that's not serving God. If you're just going to church on Sunday and just getting your little thrill and your little blip, you don't know God. This is plain, but it's true. There's something.
something about Jesus that makes me want to cry. There's something about Jesus that makes me want to shout. There's something about Jesus that makes me want to dance. There's something about... Why? Because I have been redeemed. I was a child of hell. And I'm not going there now. So why? And I come in because he was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised for our peace. He was afflicted. I mean, his back was raw and bloody. And he did it, the Bible says, for our peace. Now, there's nothing wrong going down there and watching the ball come down. Not a thing. If you want to be all crammed up and jammed together, it's all right. It doesn't mean that because you become a Christian, you can't have fun. You've got to be in church 24 hours a day. Ah, that's not what I'm implying. But I'm implying that there's a hunger. That nothing satisfies you. And then when you get in the presence of God, you can't stop. You can't shut up. You can't stay in your seat because of what he's done. How many have been healed? You've been healed. Divine healing. Then that should make you praise God. You know, you get healed. Okay, tell me, some of you people, tell me, what you've been healed of? Chronic ear infection. That's crazy. Yes. Kidney disease. Kidney disease. Go ahead. Just tell me. Cancer. Who else? What else? Cancer. Here. Heart. This lady here couldn't even stand up and worship God before she got healed in the heart. But she did it anyway. She had problems in her knees. I know. And she would stand up. And it would pain her. And she would worship God because... And then she says, one day, as she stood up, she heard snap. And she says, I've been able to walk normal ever since. God healed her. But she took an act of faith and worshiped God. Anybody else healed? You healed emotionally. Anybody else? Depression. How many have been saved here today? You know Jesus. You've given. Let me see your hand. Do you know what you were saved from? Tell me. What? Hell. That's what I've been reading about here. Jesus said he died for our peace. I've got a peace in my heart that I, I, I just got word today, just this morning. And this is why I was a little late when you called. Uh, um, of one of my classmates, David Siriano, just passed away. And I thought, oh my God. You know? You know, it hits home when it starts becoming your acquaintances. He was a minister of the gospel and he loved God. And I thought, oh Lord, 
you know? But I know where he is. We're going to be celebrating a lady. I wish you could see her worship. I love to see her worship. When she came to church, she forgot about everybody and just Jesus. And when she would go out, a lot of times I'd have to hold her out because she got so drunk in the spirit. Well, that's emotionalism. Because it's emotional. What's wrong with being emotional? What's wrong with being emotional when you worship God? What's wrong with being loud? I used to go to ball, basketball games when, when my son was playing basketball and I was yelling and jumping up and, and every time that our team, I'd be up with the rest of them, you know, and I was just beside myself. And I would sit there just as tense as I could when it was coming down to the wire. And, and, and the score was, was just, you know, it meant if, if our team got it, we won. If they got it, they won. I was saying, oh. And I was almost praying. I was almost saying, Jesus, let them get that basket. Lord, let them get that basket. I wanted my team to win. I was excited. And I forgot about everybody around me. I wanted our team to win. I love basketball. I can't play it, but I love to watch it. And I'll shout everybody through that does play it on the team. Amen? I'm telling you, uh, uh, Alec and uh, I think it was Caleb as well uh, was on uh, the, what kind of, the um, track team? Cross country. And let me tell you something. I forgot about everything else. I wanted, I wanted, and there was places where they would go out of sight, and I was looking for number one Alec or Caleb. I didn't care about all the rest around me. I had my eyes, and I wanted that team to win. And if I can't get as excited as I do over that about Jesus, there's something wrong with me. I don't deserve to preach the gospel. This Bible excites me. You say, well, you're an old man. No, got nothing to do with age. While you're worshiping, God can speak to you and drop a scripture into your heart and in your mind. You know, I was praying about a certain thing here in the church just, just, just last week. And I was just talking a lot and praying and had my eyes closed in, in my special place of prayer. And I'm going to preach on it. And the Lord dropped this scripture verse in my mind. I hadn't heard it for years. So I know it was the Lord. Haven't even thought about it. And the scripture came, you maintain my cause. And it pertained exactly to what I was praying about. I'm not going to go into it. But I knew what it was. And God spoke to me while I was worshiping. How many of you have had God speak to you while you was worshiping? How many have seen a vision? I've had dreams while I've been worshiping. Visions while I've been worshiping. 
pertaining. See, that's what this is all about. It isn't just going to church and putting in your time. It's a relationship that you have with God. I mean, I would probably be divorced from my wife now if I didn't pay any attention to her after I married her. And she, she, you know she can't get around. But I'm telling you, when she says, Jim, I know something's coming. Can you get this? Can you get that? I go and get it. Why? Because I love her. And I show my affection. I don't think she had stayed with me long. If I put the ring on a finger, made the pledge, then said, well, that's done. And said, I do. And never did. Never showed any kind of, that, 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 that's like a, a man that's been married to his wife for, for 45 years. And so as I was coming to their 45th wedding anniversary, it was their 50th wedding anniversary, coming to their 50th wedding anniversary, and she said, she looked at him with, with real dreamy eyes, and she says, do you love me? He looks at he says, I told you once, he says, 50 years ago, of course I love you. <laughs> once. I'd have left a sucker a long time ago. <laughs> Amen. I want to finish this. Is this, I know this is right because God has dropped this in my heart while I was there. Yes. This place, this today should have been alive with worship. just because we're starting a new year and Jesus is with us. Well, that's not my, that's not the way I am. That's baloney. Don't give me that. I'm not emotional. I, I like to spend some time, for saying that, I like to spend some time for you to say I'm not emotional. i just like to be around you from, I could prove you wrong. Can you put that song up there again? Alec, he's taking that away. He takes my message away from me. Pastor, what? just real quick, to go back to your other analogy, the scripture came to me, and I found it in Proverbs 27, 7, and it says, A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. Think of it. Wow, that's beautiful. Anything. Mm. All right, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. And by his stripes, blows that cut in. There was one place in, what's the famous movie? Passion of the Christ. I had to close my eyes. And I know it was all moving and everything else. But when, when, when Jesus was bent over, when was bent over on the, on the post and they were beating him, I literally cried. I had to close my eyes and I said, I can't look. I can't look. I can't. I can't. And all I could say was he did that for me. He did that for me. 
And after that movement, not that I'm so spiritual, but I just, it just, you know, he did that for me. And that makes me love him more. When I could see it portrayed, that always stuck with me. When I talk about the love of Jesus, I always see that. I always see the cross. And the thing of it is, when he was on the cross, he was thinking about me, he was thinking about you. Even those that wronged him, he said, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. But he knew he had to take the cup. He knew he had to go to the cross. That's why my, the cross is my, my favorite Christian emblem. I love the cross. And the Bible said, on the cross, Jesus triumphed over Satan. That wants to make me shout. That irresponsible, demoniacal, hellish demon that rose up against God and tries to destroy me one of these days <coughs> he's going to be placed in hell and never get out and never bothers again now that wants to make me shout and when I say he's worthy that stuff comes to my mind one of these days I am going to see him get what he deserves he has raised hell with us every time you feel discouraged just the devil coming at you or one of his imps every time you feel dis alone every time you feel like you're not worth anything every time you feel like you'd like to give up remember that's the devil that is coming after you how do you get rid of that lift your hands and worship God because the devil don't want you to praise him. Because he said to Jesus, he said, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you the whole world, anything you want. And I love that, that, that scripture. It says, Jesus looked at him and he says, you're not supposed to tempt the Lord your God. He was tempting the Lord his God. Jesus was standing there and he said, you're not supposed to tempt. The, Bible, the word says, you don't, you don't tempt the Lord, your God. He said, in other words, he said, I don't need to worship you. You need to worship me. And the Bible said he left there, amen, and came in to Jerusalem under the anointing of the presence of God. He passed the test. Jesus went through everything for us. Amen. Now, someone like that, that sacrificed for me, what do you think I should do for him? Number one, I should give him myself, everything I am. And we all fail that, including me. Amen. And sometimes I forget, Jenna. Sometimes I forget. And I grumble and I complain. And then the Lord has to remind me. And I have to ask God forgiveness and say, God, let me be worthy to praise you who are worthy. 
I'm not talking up here as one that, that escapes all of this. There are times I have thoughts, times that I don't think too nice about some people. Then I have to say, God, forgive me. And then I feel the peace that passeth all understanding that he secured on the cross. And when I look at the cross and read about the cross, the Bible said that he triumphed over the enemy by the cross. When he said, Hannah, that day, blood dripping down from his face, into his eyes, down over his body, bruised back, rubbing up and down on that cross. Think about the cross sometimes when you begin to get complacent. Bad, rubbing up and down on the cross, you know. Feet pierced with, I mean, and when he pushed himself up on the cross, he had to push himself up with pierced feet. Do you know what that meant? That means he pushed his whole weight, body weight on those two, on those nails that were in his feet. And he was in, a, and pains was shooting up his legs. He had the crown of thorns on. And every time he moved his head, one of those thorns would stick in his head. His face was marred beyond recognition. You wouldn't have known him. Blood was everywhere. Every time he walked, as he was walking towards the cross, he was leaving blood behind. Think of it. Wow. And I can't praise him. And I can't worship him. I can't get emotional about him. Oh, y'all just emotional. Well, of course I'm emotional. What's wrong with being emotional? We are emotional people. If you're not emotional, don't laugh. If you're not emotional, don't cry. If you're not emotional, don't even sigh. Because you're not emotional. Putting it down pretty close, isn't it? Don't even go, that's emotional. You're emotional. And if you look at me and say, well, no, that's emotion. Well, yes, that's emotion. <laughs> that's emotion. Don't ever laugh. We're not emotional. I'm just not emotional. I, I, I don't worship God. I'm not emotional. Well, I just show you that you're very emotional. You ever argue with someone? Don't put your hands up. That's emotional. You just smiled right there. That's emotional. Close your mouth if you're not emotional. I gotta stop. If I haven't convinced you yet, I never will. But by the grace of God, I want to show him he's worthy. I love that song. This is what would you do if Jesus walked into this room? Would you just stand there? Or would you fall on your face? Or would you lift your hands? Or would you just start crying and weeping before God?
What would we do with Jesus, literally? I don't know what I, I, I'd be beside myself if I saw. But you know what? He walks into the room every time we come to church. And you know what I want him to find me doing? Worshiping him. Worshiping him. Now it isn't all shouting, dancing, and everything. There are times when the Holy Spirit will move over a congregation and we just want to be quiet and we just weep. But we're worshiping. There are times when we just we just don't want to say anything, afraid that we're going to disturb his presence. We don't want to lose it. It's varied. Worship isn't just singing a song. I can sing a song. I can quote scripture. I knew a man that I worked for. He sure wasn't worshiping God. He quotes, quoted scripture. And then about five or ten minutes after that, he'd be cursing his women. But he knew his Bible. But when you allow the Bible to take a hold of your life and affect your life, effect it. He, first it's got to effect it and then you will go and cause it to be effective. Produce something. How many love the Lord? I know you do. I'm, I want you to stand. I want you to lift your hands. I want us to sing a worship song. Slow, slow, let's worship. Just lift your hands and tell him how much you love him. Just tell the Lord how much you love him. Right now, just tell him. Just look up into his face. Thank him for his grace. Wonderful, powerful. Holy and mighty Jesus. You can look up all you can close your eyes, but just look up into it. Kotala Mahashatala Lakama Kosha.